How's it going? How are you? How was your week? How was your weekend? Last weekend, is it hot where you are? Because, mama, it is been toasty. So I hope you are drinking your water. I hope you're either wearing sunscreen or you've got your um, cute little bodies covered with some sort of material because it's a little toasty. It's been hot and intense. And also, it's been like deluge season because we've been getting so so much rain we got a hail little bout with a hailstorm last weekend uh i tell you if it's not one thing it's the other but um this week we're kind of this this episode is about peonies growing peonies which were on the top 10 perennial list uh, from a few episodes ago so Peonies always get a ton of questions. It's a huge, you know, hot button topic that everybody wants to learn about. Um, so we're going to do a little bit of a deep dive on how we go about growing peonies, um, things we do from like a cultural perspective. We'll briefly touch on, um, you know, specific varieties, but um, more, more so, you know, bigger picture, zooming out. If you want to grow peonies, what do you need to know? And this is what we're going to talk about today. Um we're actually going to be doing a little bit of peony maintenance here on the farm in the next few weeks too. So, um, one of the slight misconceptions with peonies is that you only have to take care of them for a few weeks and then they're done. But there are things that we do at different points in the season in order to ensure a good crop. Um, so I will kind of we never mind. Let's just get into this shit. We're going to talk about what we're going to be doing now at the end. So let's just. Keep Drew on the tracks, and <laughs> we'll be good to go. Anyway, uh, my name is Drew. Uh, this is the Between Me and Drew podcast with Clara Joyce Flowers. Um, Clara Joyce Flowers is my specialty cut flower farm and foliage farm located in northwestern Illinois. Um, we grow exclusively cuts um, for ornamental value, so nothing that we produce is edible. Uh, we're not growing vegetables. We're not doing, you know, what we used to do, which this was a vegetable farm. Um, we are growing cut flowers primarily for wholesale and for wedding and event work. So that's what we do. Um, today's episode is also sponsored and brought to you by Leo Burby Bulb Company out of Marysville, Ohio. And um, Marjolin and the crew do have a little note for us um, in today's episode. So you will be able to hear from them. Um, and um yeah well uh we'll get into this we'll get into more of it here in a minute but the way that i have today's episode kind of broken out is the first thing that we'll talk about is you know figuring out who you're selling to um it's always the first question that i want you to ask or i ask myself whenever it comes to a new project like who is going to buy this where is this product going okay second thing is site selection you know figuring out do you have a good spot for peonies or are you just smoking crack and you want to, you know, have a beautiful field? Well, peonies are a rather expensive crop to do that with. So let's, we'll keep that on the back burner and we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, then we're going to talk about sourcing, variety selection, um, patience and maintenance. <laughs> and then uh, also, you know, preparing for end of season um, winter basically and what we do for that. Let's get started. Um, the first thing that we're going to talk about, what was that? Talk about, talk about um, is market demand. Who are you selling to? Where are these flowers going to go eventually when you have them in volume? Um, because that's where 
you really need to begin. Um, I don't, the last thing I want you to do is to go off and spend, you know, five grand on peony roots when you, you have no idea who's going to buy them. You don't have a plan. You don't really have any grasp or thought process or understanding of, you know, color demand, things like that. Um, because all of those, those things, those, um, inputting thoughts, uh, thought inputs, those all have a factor in what you should do when it comes to investing with peonies. So the way that we kind of broke things out in the beginning um, was we were a very market-oriented farm. We were growing for farmer's markets. I knew that eventually we would be selling to florists, but I knew that it was going to take time in order to build that, you know, book of business. Um, so I was very, you know, frontal thinking like okay i know that in the springtime pink peonies are like top dog like we can use them for weeks for farmers market and um i also knew that we needed you know a light pink or a blushy peony from some experience that i had in flower shops and also white but i vastly underestimated the demand for white peonies um so when it comes to you thinking about who you're going to sell to, um, there's a few things to keep in mind. If you are going to be selling to direct direct to consumer, okay, um, so farmers markets, CSAs, pop ups, um, maybe like a little featured spot at uh, your your neighborhood bakery or your coffee shop. Um, if if that's where you see yourself selling and, and moving product, um, then you know, you're going to be targeting a different clientele and a different color palette usually um, than if you were, you know, directly right from the get-go knew that your your clientele base was florists. Um, and that's definitely where I was in the beginning. You know, we were very, you know, market and direct-to-consumer forward um, because I had I already had that following from growing vegetables, you know, being a young person in the community, um, it was, it was very easy for me to, to move that product on, on a retail basis. Um, and, and what I was keeping in mind and where my thought orientation was, was, you know, consumers are already, you know, conditioned or preconditioned to, you know, think about flowers as bright, happy, cheerful things, um, that, you know, you, you have in a centerpiece because that's what's available, um, at the supermarket you know, at, at the, you know, grab-and-go bunch from the florist cooler. Um, so it wouldn't be a super hard sell based on color. Um, also, in our area, peonies are, are everywhere in the spring, um, and there's a lot of nostalgia surrounding peonies. Um, so if someone's, you know, grandma had a beautiful, beautiful peony row, um, at her house or in that person's childhood, and they, they no longer have that, um, that's a very, very transaction, very easy and simple transaction to make. Um, so that's another, you know, one more thing to kind of keep in mind. Um, but if you don't see yourself kind of targeting that bright, saturated color palette, uh, clientele, whether, you know, if you're going direct to retail, um, but you know that your clientele is a little, um, how should I say this? A little more hip with the the color story times. 
um, or you're you're you know targeting some of those florists who are doing those large white or those large blush weddings in the spring, um, then you you're, you're going to want to adjust what you're planting. Um, and the reason I I touched on you know um, abreast with the the color story of the times. Um, is because we are experiencing a huge color shift right now from what we we were um, as consumers um, kind of used to. Um, here's, a, here's a really good example. If you were to walk through the home decor section of Target right now, would you see bright pink drapes in the drapery section? Would you see neon yellow table runners in the table adornment or table dressings section probably not okay um you're gonna see things that are very muted uh cream tones beige tones earthy tones um siennas burnt or like darker greens um things that are very soft easy on the eye nothing super harsh um so since you you know that customers and consumers are already starting to be conditioned to that color story, um, it's not hard from a grower's perspective to mirror that, to go along with that. You know, you don't have to be reinventing the wheel every single time. Um, you take on a new crop or you, you know, you, you want to expand or whatever uh, the situation might be. Um, now, there definitely is some wishy-washy going on with um, color right now because um, for the past while uh, years you know the wedding color combo was um, rose gold white cream um, or dusty rose white cream uh, quicksand rose color very sandy neutral um, so having floral in that palette that you're producing is great so that's going to be varieties um, like duchess uh, bowl of cream um, if you, you're going to be chaotic you could invest in some pastel elegance um, lemon chiffon you know things like that that are very soft muted uh, mother's choice um, but there's a lot going on in the wedding industry right now um, there are so many florists and designers that are tired of doing that same washed out look um, that there's been a huge, huge push from the designer's perspective over the past several years um, to really bring up the saturation with events. And now we're seeing it here in the Midwest with um, couples who are, are really going that color route. Um, you know, we've been doing orange, tangerine, gold, pink, blue, um, all of those really brighter, happy tones. Um, so with that in mind, we also need to have a little bit of a diversified lineup when it comes to peony production. Um, so over the last eight minutes, I've told you basically like grow everything because you're going to need all of it. So <laughs> I don't know how helpful that was, but I mean, these are all things to, to keep in mind. Um, so the other, there's one more thing with peonies too is there's such a long-term crop. Um, you know, you're not going to be harvesting off of these plants for years, you, so you're going to have some investment in, in time and maintenance there. Um, but you're also going to have these plants for a very, very long time. Very long time. So with that understood, 
the longevity of these plants that are going to be producing for you, they're going to go through many, many different color stories within the industry over their lifetime and over your lifetime too. Um, so even if you were to invest in a thousand whites and creams this first year, there's a there is a chance that by the time those plants reach maturity, white, cream, and blush are not going to be you know the top wedding colors of you know the year. So you, you, you're going to want to prepare for that. And that's where that having that element of diversity really is, is so important. Um, because, hell, who knows? It might be the year of um, neon pink and everybody wants bright pink Kansas peonies. Um, so we just have to prepare for it all. But um, once you kind of have a general idea of who you're selling to, who your target is, that's the first hurdle. Okay. Um, really that is the most important thing is like who's going to buy these what's their price point how much money do they have to spend what do they look like what does that person look like um so that's huge being able to nail that down um second thing is site selection and i i, I put site selection towards the front of this uh episode today because when I'm talking about growing peonies, I'm talking about, you know, really investing into that crop and growing a lot, like not 25. We're talking like several hundred peonies, maybe even a thousand or a couple thousand peonies. Um, really, you know, going for it, doing the thing. Um, but I would really, really encourage you that before you just go balls to the wall and drop 10 grand on uh, peony roots and the infrastructure to grow peonies, Please do a test. Please do some experimenting for a while. Um, you know, ask questions. Do peonies grow well in your area? If they do, that's great. Um, still, let's, you know, try and grow some in that general area or vicinity, vicinity where you're expecting uh, or wanting to plant your own. Um, if peonies don't grow well or are not readily you know, grown by gardeners or landscapes uh, or in landscapes in your area, um, then you definitely are going to want to do some tests. Um, if you're in a super hot, dry, arid environment, you're going to have to water these plants like all the time, all the time. Um, so are you able to do that? Do you have the infrastructure for that? Um, if that's not your environment and you're, you're, nestled or situated a little bit more like we are here zone five um you know everything's very lush very green um so you're not going to have to do a whole lot of you know irrigating over the summer um, but you do need to think about things and factors like drainage um is this you know plot that i'm going to be planting just going to like sit in water for every time it rains yikes that's not good because um peonies have a very thick root system they're very they're very girthy uh the roots are uh, where the crown is which is where the eyes form which is where the flowers come from um those types of roots do not do well when they're sitting in water they just rot the same thing with like dahlia tubers they just rot when they stand in water for prolonged periods of time so like that's a thing you need to think about and if that's a plot of land that you have to work with and that's it like then we're gonna have to think about like infrastructure to move that water so whether it's drainage ditch ditch ditches or tiling water tiling under subsoil to move that water 
um, or you know creating some sort of a raised bed system um, things are going to have to be done sometimes in order to facilitate if that's the situation that you're in if that's if if those are the tools in your toolbox we better make those tools in that toolbox work for us so there are going to be times when we need to you know bring in another wrench in order to make that you know situation happen um i touched on this earlier but adequate moisture um we are very fortunate here in the midwest to do have usually fairly consistent rains um over the summer season but um irrigation is a thing um it can be a thing over the summer and here's why it is um something that you don't want to overlook um during the summer growing months um, after the flowers have been harvested off of the mature peony plants um, if you have a drought that's a big problem because that summer time summer summer session season um, is when the eyes are developing to produce the flowers for the next year so if you don't have moisture over the summer you're not going to have as many eyes being produced which is going to result in fewer flowers the next year. So that is, you know, one more thing you need to think about. So if we do have to irrigate, is that an option? You know, are we able to facilitate a, an overhead irrigation system? Are we able, if not, are we able to, you know, facilitate running drip lines down the rows if we need to? You know, if, is that not an option, then okay, you know, what do we have to do eventually, long-term thinking, um, in order to make that happen? And this is something that you might only use, this irrigation system you might only use once every 10 years. But you don't want to get caught with your pants down during a, a drought season because that happened to us last year with our dahlias. We didn't irrigate them, and then it was bad. And then we ended up irrigating them, and it was an even bigger disaster. Pain in the ass, I should say. Anyways, um, just be thinking about those things um, because it can be very frustrating um, for, a, for a prolonged period of time um, if you don't have that infrastructure in place. Um, last thing, and I touched on it earlier, but do a test run. You know, Yes, peonies do take some time to reach maturity, um, but you can still, you know, start with 20 or 30 plants, um, of a very similar color palette. So start with, you know, 30 Sarah Bernhardt's, see if they grow well for you that first year. If, you know, the plants are nice and large, they look good. You maybe even, you know, leave a few buds, uh, go and open, and everything's going great. They do well over the summer season. You know, you're, you're don't, you don't have, like, hordes of, like, fire ants come and, like, eat them all. And you don't have, you know, X, Y, Z. And the plant looks healthy. It doesn't look like it's needing whatever. Um, then I would say you're that's a really great start. So then the next year, you know, bump that up. You know, finish out with, you know, another 70... Sarah Bernhardt's and I have 100 Sarah Bernhardt's and bring in, you know, 50 White Duchess or whatever. And then, you know, slowly grow that way um, so that you can kind of get a feel for things. You can, you know, understand better ways of planting, spacing things out, things like that. Um, and uh, 
I think that might be a little bit of a safer route if you uh, can can facilitate that rather than, you know, dropping 10 grand and sending up a Hail Mary. Um, that's fun. So let's move on and we'll talk about sourcing. Sourcing, regardless of what the topic is um, when it comes to crop specifics, is always one of the, the points that people have so many questions on. Um, you know, who do you buy from? Where do you get stuff from? Who's the cheapest? What do you look for? Um, and the, the topic of peonies is a really good, like, point to bring this up on um, for a couple reasons. There are, there are so many kinds of peonies, types, varieties, um, many of which all have different price points um, when it comes to buying the, the roots, the rootstock. Um, and, and with that also comes the element of availability. Um, because many of your, you know, tried and true, really like strong production varieties, um, there is lots of them on the market, on availability with companies. Um, but when it comes to, you know, more of the elusive, hard to find, trendy, newer varieties like pastel elegance, like, like I mentioned previously, sometimes those are very, very hard to find on the wholesale market. And even if you do, they're, they're rather expensive. So when we talk about sourcing peonies, one of the main, main things that I keep on the forefront of my mind and decision-making um, when it comes to purchasing in roots is what is that cost? What is that cost per root? Where is it coming from, like ge geographically in the U.S.? Um, and, and what size is it? Because those are the things that have a, an impact on, you know, your upfront cost, your long-term cost. Um, how much is it per root? My kind of rule of thumb is, or in the beginning, um, is I didn't want to pay more than $4 for a, a peony root um, because I knew that I could, in the second year of taking care of that plant, I could make my money back. Well, it's a little bit harder now to buy good peony roots for less than $4. Um, so I like to keep things either at, under, or around six for just like standard, really good, strong production varieties. Um, when it comes to more of your specialty things like bowl of cream um, that are very hard to get because there are so many growers who are realizing that, that those varieties are just fabulous. Um, those are more expensive, definitely, for sure. Um, I think bowl of cream right now is like between 10 and, 10 and 12. Um, if you're going for, we'll call them like designer varieties, like etched salmon, um, you're going to pay a lot more than that. Okay. Um, so that's kind of like the first thing I think about is what is that price per root? Um, second thing, where are they coming from geographically within the U.S.? That's important because shipping isn't free, okay? Bulb distributors are not Amazon. They, they're, you have to pay for delivery. You have to pay for shipping. Um, and peonies, are, they're heavy. They're not a light thing. These are not packets of seeds. Um, so you have to factor that in. Like, okay, is it going to cost me, you know, $10 to get this here if I'm ordering it from, like, 100 miles away? Or is this going to cost me, like, 
$45 a case to get this here because if you're buying many many cases that adds up very quickly um, so that's you know another very important thing to to uh, keep in mind the other thing that I want to uh, you know look at and be aware of whenever we're buying a new stock is um, what is the size of these roots are we working with uh, you, you don't even see these really anymore but like a one two peony are we working with a two three? Are we working with a three five? Are we, you know, paying the big buku bucks for an eighteen twenty? Um, you rarely see those on the market anymore. But what those numbers mean is those or signify those numbers represent the number of eyes on that peony root that you are going to receive. And the more eyes, the better, because that's the amount of growth shoots, um, or the in the first year, the amount of leaf sets that you can experience um, or expect uh, on your plants. So um, we usually well, will look for three fives. Um, if three fives is not an option or it's not available, a two three will work usually just fine for us. Um, two three is going to be a little bit smaller, um, and that's okay because you know we're not going to be harvesting off of these plants you know super super hard or rough in those first few years because it needs to you know have some time to get established um but we can still you know expect to get something off of it usually in the second definitely the third year um three fives you can i feel like i'm like cursing i feel like i'm <laughs> I feel like I'm doing a major sin right now. Ah. Um, three fives you can definitely cut on year two. Um, yeah. The reason I say that, like, it's so weird for me to, like, say this on a platform like this episode is because there are so many purists who grow peonies and who grow peonies very, very well who say that you under no circumstances should harvest stems off of peonies in year two and three. You should let them go until year four. And when I started growing flowers, I was in high school and I was like, Jesus Christ, if I have to wait four years to be able to harvest anything off of these, I'm going to be like freaking halfway done with college. And that's too long. Like, I, I just couldn't, like, think about, like, that far in the future, like, that kind of a timeline. Now it's like, oh, yeah, whatever, like, grizzled. But in the in that moment, I was like, there's no way. There's no way that you have to, like, wait that long. I can't wait that long, blah, 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 whatever. So I didn't, okay? I was cutting peony stems on year two. And I will tell you that those original peony plants are doing just fine they're doing just fine so take it for what it's worth this is my experience this is what i have done i know there are others who are in the same boat as i am but you probably can harvest a few stems year two definitely year three when we say harvest um what the hell i'm not even talking about we're in <laughs> We've gone off the rails. When I say harvest, I'm not talking like cutting the stem all the way down to the ground. You always want to leave one or two leaves on the plant when you're harvesting peonies, okay? Um, that's another topic uh, in the episode. 
Actually, it's not even in this episode. Anyway, we got to get back on what we're talking about here. We're talking about sourcing. So the things I look for when we're talking sourcing is price. Where is it coming from geographically and what is the size? Those are the three most important things. Um, obviously, the larger the size of the peony root, the more eyes, the more that's going to cost. So if you're comfortable spending $10 per root, you're going to be able to get a larger size root. You're going to get more eyes for that. Um, so that's great. Um, you're good to go. When it comes to specific sources, I would say 80... Uh, probably like 60, 65 or 70% of all the peonies that we have here on the farm have come from burbies. Um, a lot of them we get in the fall when the domestic peony roots are available. Um, those are coming out of the Pacific Northwest. We get those through Dave at Burbies. Um, he handles the fall perennials out of the PNW. Um, so he's our hookup for that. Um, if we need, you know, more specialty or fancier things like bowl of cream, um, Coral Charm, Coral Sunset, um, Bartzala, that pink Ito cross. Um, all of those things come from Margolin, still at Burbies, uh, but they come in the spring. Um, those are a spring-planted peony. So the way that um, that kind of works for them is fall is domestic stuff. It's, you know, harvested in the fall um, or in the late summer. It's boxed, cooled ship to burbies and then from there ship to you or it'll go straight to you depending on um, kind of the situation because they do drop ship stuff um, so that's all fall product and then uh, spring product is all the imported uh, perennials coming out of um, Holland off the Dutch market and Dutch growers and brokers um, and all that's coming through margarine so because she is the Dutch queen. So if you need anything for Dutch or uh, Holland product, that's that's your hookup. Um, we've also gotten peony roots from Edney. Edney's, Edney peony roots were actually the very first ones that I planted. Um, and I planted them in the spring, and I had a very, very hard time with them. Um, lost a lot of them, actually. And I actually lost a lot of peony roots from Edney that were planted last fall they didn't make it it was weird um so yeah our peony roots come from burbies um and they're they're lovely I will also say that sometimes when you purchase peonies from you know other other brokers other companies um there you're going to notice a variance in size when we get our fall peonies um through Dave, um, the domestic ones, domestically grown ones, the eyes are there. The eyes are beautiful. Um, but the root mass itself might be a little bit smaller than what you could or would get from someone else. Is that a huge bother or concern for me? No, it's not. It's fine. Um, I actually, it's weird to say this, but I kind of have a preference for like smaller roots. Um, because they're a lot easier to plant. And when you're planting like 300 of them every season, the fewer shovel digs that you have to make <laughs> per per plant, uh, and you multiply that by 300, it's like, okay, yeah, um, that's definitely a trade-off that we can, we can do. That's fine. Um, so, yes. Um, 
smaller smaller peony roots in size um are fine as long as it's got good eye sets the eyes are intact they're nice and strong plump all those things you're good to go um big fan of that now let's start to talk about variety selection um we talked on colors and knowing your markets in the very beginning um and we'll get into a little bit more detail here um based off of like color specifics for we'll we'll start with like um more of your neutrals okay so uh whites creams things like that um there's a few key uh lighter tone varieties that we grow here um and we have one of these varieties because it's very very cost effective to to source um and that is duchess duchess de more um de Numore, did it's a three word french name i promise you it's going to be on almost every availability list because it's it's everywhere um but it's a lovely white it's very very uh white when they do open sometimes they'll have like a creamy uh cream cream colored center uh it's, it's very cream colored center um so white white outer petals cream colored center center um it is what i would consider a semi-double flower peony flowering peony so it's not super super stacked up with petals like bowl of cream is um but it's not a single either i don't like to grow single peonies just because they don't hold up super well in like event work they kind of are a pain in the ass to ship um we'll get to more of that in a second with when we get to the novelty sections but um yes so for whites we've got duchess de moore we've got festivia maxima and we've got bowl of cream those are like our three um festivia maxima is like white white um and it has like that tiny tiny like pink uh flecking in the center um shirley temple i'm pretty sure is another beautiful white variety that one might have just a tiniest touch of uh blushing in it when the flowers are still kind of closed um so those are the three that we have here in production numbers um duchess festivia and bowl of cream lovely delightful um soft blush we'll call it just like standard blush um our go-to girl for that is sarah bernhardt she's honestly the only like true blush blush pink light pink peony that we have in volume and we grow a shitload of her um she's beautiful large flowers opens up delightfully uh very strong plant vigor the plants are always fabulous um she does bloom like four to five days later than um gilbert bartholo which is our main pink so we'll get to him next um, so there is a little bit of a succession that, like, over time, I know. So, like, Gilbert hits first, and then we can expect the Sarahs to start. Um, so Sarah holds very, very well in a dried stored situation in the cooler. Um, so she's delightful. She's lovely. Um, pink. So we don't grow a ton of just, like, standard pink, pink peonies. Um we move them we move what we have i think we have probably like just shy of 200 um five-year-old um gilbert bartholos um it is a very nice plant when it comes to the the growth culture of it um it's a very strong tall plant 
very very rigid stems um, so it's not it is not going to flop over at all um, same with uh, Sarah um, so they don't flop and they also don't flop too because we're harvesting the buds when they're still closed so like people always ask like well how do you keep your peonies upright and it's like well we don't let the flower open so it's when we're harvesting the bud still closed it's less water in the bud because or less water in the flower because when when that peony flower opens it's just filling those preformed petals with water like that's what's happening that's how that works is it's it's pushing those petals out because they're filled with water um so that's less weight one and number two when it rains in the spring those like huge blown open peony heads just get caked and loaded with water from the rain so they're they're immediately going to flop then well if you're eliminating that entire like possibility they're not going to flop you're going to be fine um so back to gilbert lovely color very bright uh borderline fuchsia e pink more so in the pinks um is great it's delightful it doesn't have a super strong stench uh <laughs> stench it doesn't have a super strong scent um so if you are you know aware of like a certain part of your clientele who's like kind of mildly allergic to flowers and pollen um that's a great one for you speaking of stench let's go back to soft blush we have uh, like a handful i think it's like 10 plants of katharina fontaine or something along those lines that thing stinks so bad so bad i don't know why i don't know what it is but if you think lilies smell like cat piss this peony will put you over the edge because she is a little dank a little dank in the rank that's for sure um so we did not purchase more <laughs> we did not purchase more of katharina no she's done she's done anyway moving on uh let's get into novelty varieties um so novelty for us is going to be things like um burgundy yellow coral um maybe eventually green um but right now our novelty section is yellow and coral um so for corals we've got um coral charm coral sunset um I will be the first to tell you that I do not like those flowers. I don't like the plants. I don't like the variety. I don't like the lack of vigor. I don't like how it doesn't hold very well. Um, there's just a lot of things that go wrong with the that color, that variety, that petal structure. Um, are they beautiful when they open and they do do the thing? Absolutely. They're stunning. But they're just not stable enough. They aren't. Um, especially if you expect or plan on you know holding or keeping those stems in in a cooler for a little bit it's just not in our experience it is not a great variety to work with um or great color so that's a little bit of a frustrating thing but yellows um we have several so we have bartzala um we have lemon chiffon both of which are beautiful uh bartzala is a little bit of a brighter um kind of like a canary yellow and it also has kind of like an orangey red um maybe maybe it's not even like that actual like 
orange red color but the 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 yellowing is just so intense like at the base of the petal um where like all the pollen is at um it is beautiful it's lovely um if you've got you know the clientele or the events that can handle that that bloom oh it's beautiful it's perfect and once those plants get mature they are loaded loaded when i was talking to Corinne from bloom chick um down in tennessee she was like my Bartzala's this year were just insane and like they were they were amazing she had some beautiful peonies this spring um so that's lovely lemon chiffon is a little bit of a lighter yellow little uh just a touch more buttercream toning into it so it does look like lemon chiffon pie um it's it's beautiful very cute very beautiful um love it i would like to try eventually uh some of the green peonies i know that they're making their way more and more into the hands of uh growers like us here in the in the states um so i am excited and curious to see you know in a few years once those plants are are established and mature you know what really do they look like um i've seen pictures of green lotus and i think it looks like shit um if you've got clientele that can handle you know super weird freaky funky looking peonies then baby this might be a great fit for you this might be fabulous um if you can think of like a single peony um so like a single structured so one layer of petals but the petals are like parrot tulip petals but it's a peony that's basically what green lotus looks like um there's also green halo which i feel like has a little bit of like a genetic instability because i've seen them in like a fully double but i've also seen them not in a fully double and they're just kind of weird um so i I'm, I'm very genuinely curious so if you have green lotus and they bloom next year please <laughs> send me pics <laughs> send me peony pics because uh, i want to know what they look like um because if there's a green peony that is stable that is consistently either semi-double or fully double that's fantastic because green flowers do sell um to florists because it's a neutral color it can go with many different things um and it just works great so i'm super stoked and can't wait to learn more about that one um okay i gotta go take a little break i need something to drink and uh, we've got a message from burbies here for the middle and then i will catch you back and we'll talk about um, i'm going to add in just a few things about harvesting and then we'll talk about maintenance patience and then prepping for winter so i'll see you then i think this is so timely because leo burby bulb co is such a key component to our farm like straight up um, leo burby bulb co is your one-stop shop for all things bulbs, bare roots, perennials, etc. They're family owned and operated for over 50 years. Leo Burby Bulb strives on providing exceptional customer service. Truly, I agree. Um, and while Leo Burby specializes in bulbs for spring and fall planting, they also have an incredible young plants division that can broker plants and plugs from over 30 different growers. So whether you order online or you call into the office and, and you know phone in your order, uh, the process is very simple and straightforward. There's no order that's too large or too small, and there's no boxing minimums on orders either. They're family-owned and operated. I love them to death, 
and the customer service is honestly the best. Um, so be sure to use the code DREW when you place your order online and you'll get a free gift. So super simple. You're ordering at the very end. Uh, there's a, you can put like a promo code or in the notes section. Um, just use the code Drew and say that you heard about Leo, Leo Burry Bulb Co. on our podcast. And uh, Marjolin will make sure you get a little gift. So there you go. Thanks, Leo Burby. Love ya. Okay, let's jump into this. So I did not originally have harvesting on our agenda for today because I just wanted to talk about like the growing and like the planning and the nitty gritty um, of peonies. But we'll we'll lightly touch on it. Um, so harvesting peonies, there's a few things to keep in mind. Um, we want to harvest in the marshmallow stage. Marble is too hard. Um, marshmallow is, is preferred. What that means is when you squeeze the flower head, um, you should there should be little give with it um when you you know you pinch it on the sides um you don't want it to be super tight if it's super tight that's still considered marble um and it sometimes will work um on varieties that are either single or semi-double sometimes you can get by with harvesting them tight if as long as you know and your client knows that it's going to take them several days to open um and you do the tests to make sure that it's actually going to work for you um that can backfire and it has for us so just be patient and give it like an extra day and then you can harvest it but um yes so we want to have a little bit of give on the petals um just that is telling us that the flower is starting to relax and open and fill with water and it's time for us to harvest um we will usually cut an 18 inch stem so that is going to be um, roughly like two or three leaf sets that we'll remove from the plant, which will also leave us two to three leaf sets still on the plant. Making sure that you're leaving leaf sets on the plant still after you've harvested is very, very important because without those leaf sets, there is no chlorophyll production and there is no carbohydrate retention happening on that plant. And those are the two main things that are super important for maintaining a good food supply to get that plant over the winter and also what is going to help that plant produce eyes for the next season so if you get too greedy on these peony plants and you want to go for that 36 inch stem on a mature plant and you're taking everything you're not going to have that 36 inch stem in volume for years to come um just because you 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 just need to be aware of that so there's your warning. Um, once we harvest, we bunch in the field. So we'll either bunch in the field or as we're harvesting stems. Um, and we did, what did we do? I think we did 10 stem bunches. Yes, 10 stem bunches on peonies. Um, so you can do that in the field. Um, and then when we dry store, we dry store in uh, bulb crates. Uh, laying flat and I actually have a reel on this on the farm Instagram account so go back to peony season you can watch the reel um, there's it's a two-parter so you can watch harvesting in the field and you can watch storing in, in the coolers um, our dry storing process is very straightforward um, it is 
I want to say 12. It's 12 bunches of peonies uh, in a crate. No liners, no paper, no plastic. And then you just fill that cooler full of crates. And that's what we do. Um, so it's very, very straightforward. Um, yeah, cool. Ta-da. That's what that is. There's your harvesting tip. So once you have your variety selected, um, we need to kind of think about you know how how we're going to grow these are we growing these uh with some sort of weed barrier are we you know planting them on landscape fabric are we planting them in rows um just with like wood mulch you know what is what is the plan what are we thinking what are we going to do i will tell you that we grow all of our peonies on landscape fabric um we have a lot going on over the summer season. So anytime that we can eliminate weeding time, um, that's huge for us. Um, also, wood mulch can be a little bit of a pain in the ass to secure out here. Um, and it's not always available. We don't have a wood mulcher. Um, is there someone that would gladly deliver wood mulch to us? Yes, landscapers would for sure. But um, that's money that is going to decompose and it will eventually turn into hummus and organic matter for your soil so it'd be great yes i absolutely understand but it's still not foolproof and and plastic landscape mulch isn't either but it works best for us so that's what we do um also one other thing there is no right or wrong way to do this okay so what i do might not be what you do and what you do might not be what we do and that's okay I'm just sharing m my experience, what we do, and that's ju that's just what this is, okay? Take it for what it is. Um, I will also tell you that all of our peonies are planted on sister rows. So we have um, in line, so if you're looking from you know end to end of the row, um, that in line spacing is about 18 inches, 18 to 24. Um, and then from there, we have... 12 inches or one foot or one strip in that landscape fabric plastic um, that is not planted and then we have another row of plants so that's what a sister row is for our peonies we have one line planted we have 12 inches open and then we have another line planted next to that and then that's one sister row and then we have uh, three to four feet that are not planted. And then we have another set of sister rows. And then we have three to four feet that are not planted. And then we have another set. That unplanted, you know, f three feet or four feet or whatever it is, that's what we walk in. That's what we weed into. That's what we lay our bunches in when we're harvesting. That's, that's basically our workspace. Um, so... If you have the ability and the luxury of, of leaving yourself some of that space to make, you know, the whole process a little bit easier, it's a great, great thing. If that's not something you have the ability to use or have access to, plant them suckers as, <laughs> as tight as you can. Um, I would not suggest planting peonies any closer than 18 inches. Um, if you expect or plan on leaving them in for a prolonged period of time. Um, just because these plants do turn into kind of a pain in the ass if you have to move them. So if you can plan for the long haul and you can just leave them in, you know, leave them, give them that space, make it, make it nice for them. 
Um, I've seen people go all the way out to 36, 48 inches in between plants. And I mean, if you've got the space to do that, hell, go for it. Nobody's going to tell you you're wrong. Um, so, yeah, for sure. You're totally fine. Um, also, for planting, when you are, you know, putting that root in the ground, um, there's a few things you want to keep in mind. If you're planting in the fall, you've kind of got a little bit of a leg up on spring planting. But fall planting, um, you can plant peonies up until that ground is frozen solid. So just because there's a little bit of a frost in that first half inch, it don't mean nothing. Okay, as long as you can get that shovel in the ground, baby, you're good to go. You're fine. Um, so when you're planting peonies, you want to make sure that you've got just a an inch, maybe two inches of soil covering the eye. Um, I would probably not suggest planting it super, super deep um, because you can you can get into a little bit of a sticky situation if um, those plants freeze and that crown freezes too hard over the winter. So let's say you're zone four and you plant super shallow and you have zero snow cover and you've got negative 20 with negative 20 degree wind chill coming, you, you, that's a little bit of a nail biter there, sister. So keep that depth in mind. Make sure that depth is maintained, um, but you don't want to go too far deep either. Otherwise, your plants are going to have a little bit of a hard time um, pushing through and sending out buds if your soil is super, super clay and compact. Um, so there's a little bit of a, a fine line um, to, uh, to keep in mind there. Um, otherwise that's kind of the act of planting for us. We're very fortunate. We've got amazing soil. We don't really amend a whole lot. Um, when we plant, uh, we do more amending during the maintenance part of the year. Um, and that's it. So, um, that's going to take us into the next section, which is patience and maintenance. Um, weeding, keeping up on weeding peonies is a challenge for us. Um, we do usually have time and we are able to get into weed after the peonies have bloomed in the season in the first part of the season so our peonies bloom here um in june uh either the last week in may or the first week in june is when we can pretty regularly expect all of our peonies to hit so we know that by like week three of june we can get in there and so we can start weeding which by that point in time the bulk of the dahlias are in the ground. Everything for like early season is like cranking already. So like we have like a week and a half that we can weed if we have to. Um, and then they kind of like have to fend for themselves for the summer. And then we'll maybe, maybe, maybe think about weeding them. Um, if again in the summertime, um, if we get to it, we did not get to it this year. And honestly, I think they're fine. Um, when it comes to feeding, um, we have and we do apply a granular fertilizer uh, on the peonies after the last flowers have been harvested. Do not <laughs> apply a synthetic fertilizer to peonies until you have harvested those peonies off of that plant. I Please, promise me, okay? Here's why. It It is very easy to burn plants with um, conventionally available granular fertilizers that are not an organic media. So if you're amending with like composts or pelleted manures 
or something like that, then it, you're probably fine. Um, but we amend primarily with um, conventional fertilizer rations. So like a 10, 20, 10 or a triple 20, um, or, you know, something that we would get at the um, ag co-op. Um, we get it in bulk. We get it, you know, in, in huge like totes and containers um, straight out of the bins. So since we know that that's the fertilizer that we're working with um, and we don't want to burn the leaves or the flowers or have plants abort flowers because of an off balance in, you know, pH and, and uh, nutrition, we wait until all the flowers are harvested. And then after that, we can go through, we can broadcast uh, fertilizer um, and that's going to give that plant definitely a jump start on, you know, chlorophyll production, um, just because of the excess in, in nutrient. So that's, you know, huge. One of the other interesting things with peonies too, is that having a little bit of a nitrogen bank in your soil is a really good thing. Um, because since we're not fertilizing here on the farm in the springtime, um, and we're fertilizing in the summer, we need that nitrogen to kind of hang out for the spring. Um, because in the spring, that's when that peony is in vegetative mode. Um, and nitrogen is the key um, element that's needed for green vegetative growth. So that's, that's huge. And you have to think about the timeline for that too, because if we're applying fertilizer in the fall, um, er, in the summer and that peony is no longer producing new leaves, um, which they don't, um, we need that nitrogen to hang around for the spring so it can be available. Um, so that's, you know, one other thing to, to keep in mind. If you are using things like composts and manures, um, and, you know, seaweeds and extracts and things like that and emulsions, um, then you can apply it at different points in the year, um, and you're, you're going to be fine. Um, so that's one of the thing to, to keep in mind. Otherwise, maintenance for peonies is pretty lax. Um, they're not like dahlias where you have to be deadheading. They're not like, you know, XYZ where you have to look out for A, B, C, and D. Um, you will probably notice that there will be a point in the season when powdery mildew gets to be a really big problem. Um, and that's okay. Is it a little bit of an annoying thing to look at? Yes, it is. Is it going to be a problem for other things? If you other crops, if you've got things planted on a very tight, you know, basis or tight space, absolutely. Um, but we don't, we, that's not how our farm is laid out. Um, we've got the peonies tucked off to one side so they can kind of, you know, just like mellow in their, um, powdery mildew selves until they get cut down, uh, which is what um, is happening very, very soon. Um, so once we get to like n end of summer, first part of fall, the peonies are done. They're going to be, for us, covered in powdery mildew. They're going to start to look really bronzy. So that's going to tell us that a lot of that leaf tissue is like starting to die, um, getting ready for fall, definitely preparing for dormant season. They've done their job, basically. So once that happens, they get the chop. Um, and for us, what that looks like is we take a lawnmower or the big uh, blade mower on the back of the tractor 
very ram up, rev up those RPMs on that mower unit and then just mulch it all up. (laughs) So we're mulching up weed seeds, weeds, we're mulching up peony plants, we're we're just chopping her down. Um, And then from there, we'll go through and rake all of that debris up, get it off, um, and then we're we're prepped and ready for the next season. That's it. That's what we do. Um, after those plants get mowed off and in that last round of cleanup, that's it. Um, they're happy as larks. So this has been a little bit of a longer episode. We haven't had a full hour episode like this in a minute. So um, here we are. I hope that this has uh, helped you out a little bit. Um, kind of shedding a little bit of light on what it's like growing peonies, selections, sourcing, varieties, all that fun jazz. Um, next week, we are talking about storing dahlias because it is going to be an upcoming uh, point of interest um, considering we are um, in dahlia season here. I know there's a lot of growers who are just starting to get into their peak dahlia season. So, you know, we need to be thinking about, you know, what's coming next. How are we storing our tubers? Where are we storing our tubers at? things like that. Um, and just like today, we're going to talk about how we do it here. And I hope that something sticks and you can, you know, you can take something from our experience and and make it better for yourself. Um, so that's what we'll be talking about next week. And, um, let's see, as always in closing, (laughs) please do follow us on social, on social media. If you have questions or ideas for new topics, you can send me an email. Um, my email address is drew at clarajoyceflowers.com. Um, on our website, clarajoyceflowers.com, we still have cut flower seeds available that we can ship to you at any point in time. Um, and um, do put on your calendar the first weekend in October, which is very quickly approaching. Um, that is when we'll have our annual fall launch. So that's when um, peonies will be available. Uh, or Not sorry, not peonies they'll be available sooner as soon as we you know get those roots here on the farm we'll have some available um but fall launch uh spring ship dahlia tubers spring ship dahlia rooted cuttings uh chrysanthemum cuttings um a whole bunch of fun stuff all that'll be available fall launch and depending on your streaming platform please feel free to like comment and subscribe to our podcast so that's what i've got thank you leo burby for sponsoring today's episode um they will be back again on episode 51 when we talk about growing lilies and crates which i've had several people reach out and wanted to talk about that so that'll be fun um so i hope you have a great week weekend where whatever part of the week you're in right now i hope it's a good one remember to drink your water uh stay cool take care of yourself and i will see you next friday at 9 a.m bye